0: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me
1: every day as we provide position-by-position position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And Jason Lloyd from the Athletic at OG. What's up, Jason? What's up, guys? What's your takeaway?
2: Uh, very bland, very boring, not really a lot there. Uh, you know, obviously Kevin got the play calling thing out of the way and said, we'll get there. I think we know how it's going to end though. It's going to wind up with Ken calling the plays. That's why he's here. And, uh, then Ken got out, uh, then Kevin got off the podium and left it to Ken. So Kevin didn't even take any questions on it. He'll have to do that at the combine, uh, in a few weeks here coming up at the end of the month. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a little unusual that he didn't stay and take questions, but I guess kind of not because you want Ken to be the focus of this today, um, and then Kevin, Kevin will talk about it, obviously, more in-depth at the Combine.
0: Why the song and dance? Not really a
2: lot said, though. Like, not really a you know, lot said.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Why the song and dance on who's going to call plays? I mean, you made the decision. Own it. Let's move on. Like, why draw this out another couple of weeks or months?
2: Uh, I think probably because it looks worse if you come in today and declare he's calling the plays. You know what I mean? It, then it's really like, what's going on here? So, you know, you... They'll, they'll probably they'll probably announce it not till training camp I, maybe, maybe even later i don't know wow. um but, but i, I like you know I think. Then. yeah i think that they'll they want to get together learn each other a little bit kevin said they sort of came up through the coaching ranks together i don't know how much of a relationship they really had though their paths really never crossed um but um you know they got to f- build a little camaraderie between the two of them kevin mentioned avp at the open Said you guys know how I feel about him, how I feel about him as a person, as a coach. But, you know, then scurried off the podium, so we weren't really able to follow up on that as to why this came about. But I think we know why it came about. You know, the the uh, t- topic of uh, Heavy today was, you know, his work with Cam Newton and Josh Allen in the past. And, you know, his comfort level with mobile quarterbacks and handling quarterbacks who are dual threat guys. And, you know, he... Didn't really get into what the offense will look like. Um, Acknowledge that there's probably some differences between how he views things and how Kevin views things. There'll be things that they agree on. There'll be things that they disagree on. And they'll have to come together on that and figure it out. You know, it was brought up what uh, Deshaun said about he doesn't love the scripted plays. And uh, Ken said there are certain things that are tenants that are staples that you say, this is how we're going to do this because this makes us better and this is going to help us win. And there's other things that you can look at and say, well, if you're not comfortable with that, then we don't have to do it that way. But he wouldn't classify which bucket <laughs> scripted plays falls into. So he'll fit in perfectly around here because he didn't really say a whole lot.
3: Jason, so, so along those lines of his work with quarterbacks, that's dual threats in the past. Was anything said about uh, Ken Dorsey being the quarterback coach as well as the offensive coordinator?
2: Yeah, you know, probably a bad job by us. It didn't come up, but I think he will be. I think he is going to be, that's what AVP was last year. I think Ken will be the quarterback's coach in title, but I don't have any official confirmation on that. That's just probably how it's going to go. They, you know, they got to replace Bill on the offensive line. And that was really the only change that they talked about still to come.
4: Yeah. Jason, that's, you know, you talked about, I'll be interested to see this, the mix, you know, uh, the way Deshaun talks, I mean, he sound like he's he trying to do 70-30 pass. Like, is this going to be a thing where they, they say, hey, look, you know, uh, was Jimmy upset at the fact that Deshaun was not developing this right, the right as fast as he thought he should? Or was he upset at the fact that they weren't throwing the ball as much as they should that caused this change?
2: Yeah, I think it's more of the development of Deshaun and how Deshaun looked in this offense is what uh, predicated it, you know, and and Ken said something today about he's not opposed to running the ball and running for touchdowns Mm -hmm. is great too, but you know, they are going to be pass happy. They're going to be a throw happy offense. Uh, I would just hold up four years of evidence and say, well, they had a ton of success in this offense and, and great quarterback play. He got great quarterback play out of Kirk cousins in Minnesota, out of Jacoby Brissett Out of Joe Flacco, out of all these has-beens, never-wors, and he's had great success with it. Took this offense, the Niners have taken this offense to the Super Bowl, and yet Deshaun's the one that's, you know, struggling with it. I, I thought he looked good at times. At times, he didn't look good. But, you know, to me, the offense wasn't the problem. But you know, this is what happens when you commit 230 million to the guy, and he's gonna he's gonna run your franchise at that point. So you're gonna do everything you can. To put him in the best position to succeed. And I don't want to sound too down like it could work. It could it could work fine. Right. You know, it, it feels a little icky the way that we're getting there, but a lot of things about the Browns feels icky at times. Yeah. So it could it could work fine. And Ken could come in, he could call it the way Deshaun sees it, and and they could just roll next year and everything would be would be great and this will long be forgotten. But it just doesn't sit right with me the way that they're getting to this point. Yeah,
0: I I'm glad I'm. that I'm glad you said that because I, I believe I feel the same way. Um, Browns fans, I think deserve look when we put up with what we've put up with for all these years, and we just keep coming back to the well, and we keep dropping our money on this product. Treat us as adults. Don't and don't don't insult our intelligence. Look, it's perfectly fine. If Jimmy Haslam and Paul DePodesta have come to the conclusion that where this offense was going isn't going to take them where they need to be, okay, that's your decision. Ultimately, it's going to come out in the wash that it was your decision. Why do the charade of, you know, we're firing AVP? Everybody's looking around the room like, AVP? What the hell did he have to do with anything? And then, <laughs> and then like, just, you know what? I would respect Jimmy Moore. If the day after the season, he called the news conference and he came to the podium and he said, this isn't a Kevin move, this isn't an Andrew Barry move, because ultimately these are going to be pegged to those guys for a certain right. amount of fans. And just say, right. this is a Jimmy Haslam move. I owe it to the fans to give you a Super Bowl. And I've made the assessment that we weren't going to get there with AVP or with Kevin calling the plays. So I'm making an executive decision. That's what owners can do. And I'm bringing in a play caller, the, the search is open, we're going to bring you the guy that we're all going to fall in love with, and then just move on. Instead, it's this protracted song and dance, smoke and mirrors, even some mistruths that are probably being uttered because people are trying to protect other people. In the meantime, we've seen this before, we all know what it is, just do it, just get to it, and I'm with you, Jay. If this works, I'll be the first one to say, I was wrong, I'd you know and 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 everybody will praise jimmy and paul if it works but he, i think what they've done and this is an unintended consequence of doing this is they've thrown in another component and another potential excuse for deshaun because we were kind of like eliminating those you know and now you're going to bring in another play caller and if it doesn't work week 8 we're all going to sit around and say maybe it's deshaun Maybe it's Ken. So we've added another potential excuse into the mix, which may delay getting to where we need to be even even more.
2: Well, I agree with the first part of what you said about Jimmy, and he'll have that opportunity next month. I don't know that he'll take it and do what you said, but he'll meet with the media at the owners' meetings. It's one of the two times a year they talk, and it's in a very small setting. It's about the best time to have access to them uh, we'll see what he says. Probably not what you said, but I, I tend to agree with that. The second part, no, there are no more excuses. This is all Deshaun. This is this is him. If it doesn't work, it's on him. Now Kevin will be the one that gets fired if it doesn't work. It won't be Deshaun. But but this is all this is all on Deshaun from this point on. If it doesn't work that falls on your quarterback because they've done everything they can to set him up for success. What I think they've done is I think they've stripped a little bit of Kevin's power away.
0: I feel that And that's too. what
2: I – yeah, and that's more – it's not a I was wrong. I admit all the time when I was wrong. This isn't a okay, I was wrong. Like, again, this could work. But the path that they're taking to get there, just it just feels a little slimy and a little icky. And I think that they've eroded some of Kevin's power in that franchise by doing it this way.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've, I'm fearful that – that's the exact same thing and how ironic it's going to be if he goes on to win coach of the year. We don't know. It's, you know, it's probably between he and D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans, but one way or another, um, the guy was in the conversation for two of his four years and you're likely stripping his power in coming off of a year where I thought he just pulled hats or rabbits out of hats all year long. And now, Oh no, you're not going to be the play caller anymore. It's like, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, but that, it is what it is. Jay, thanks. I know you got to run. Thank you.
2: All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow.
3: Okay. Yo, uh, Jay. You, uh, Jay you, go ahead. Jay, listen. As he's talking, I'm thinking about so many different things, right? Like, they are night and day talking about Ken Dorsey and, and Kevin Stefanski when it comes to personality. Like, now I'm wondering, how is it going to look? How are they going to mesh? Because their personalities are different. Is is Ken Dorsey going to be on the sideline or up in the booth? Right. What type of relationship? What type of energy will he bring to this team? Kind of like what Jim Schwartz did. Well,
0: did, did, did we show the clip on the show of Dorsey losing his temper in the box? <laughs>
4: yeah, I it made a It was a, an it, NFL clip. So it was one of, the yeah, so, one of the greatest gifts of all time. I, I just I, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm just I looking know, at maybe this, we
3: need some of that. I, I'm I, right. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I don't know. I'm looking at this whole thing, and I, I agree with with Jason. Like. It could work, and if it does work, great. We talk all the time about man. We cheer for the orange and brown, so no matter if we really think a move is a good move or a bad move, we support all moves because me, you, and you, we want to see a Super Bowl. Sure, that's what we want. So and if this gets us there, Jimmy Haslam, will we, be. We're all for it. As but a genius, what he said about taking Kevin's power away it goes back to what I said the first segment. If you're going to do all of this, man, why just fire the man? Why? Why are you stripping him so much? Why are you handicapping him in so many different ways, like? I think Kevin deserves better. He does. I mean, he know definitely know what,
4: does. You know what guys? This was this was all this was all in
5: front of your faces. We just didn't see it. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
4: Let's be honest with you. When, when they get Watson at 230, he was always in charge. You just didn't know it. <laughs> you just, you had TSC. I think he's third in charge. Hey, I, he's, if it goes D. It goes Jimmy D and Dennis Watson. I don't I'm, think so. I'm gonna keep here's why I know. Here, Even more than Paul D Podesta. Yes, here's why I know because he's a player and he plays. They they need somebody to play. Here's here's why I know. You noticed Deshaun Watson last not this year, but the year before. We didn't we didn't see no podcasts, no interviews, no quotes, not too much Instagram, nothing. Lay low. This offseason, he got a podcast. He out here on the ground, he moving around, he telling what he don't like and what he do like, that didn't just happen because he's comfortable. Oh, you, Oh, I see what you're saying. That happened because they had that conversation. He's three. Like, he's, he's is, three. that reassurance. Hey, listen, don't even worry about that. I know Kevin Stefanski, he called play, don't even worry about that. He doing good this year. That 12-5, and they'll make the playoffs, that's placebo. We don't even worry about that. Deshaun, what you want to get done? That confidence comes from the top man that says, "Hey, I don't care. You go go tell your story. Do whatever you want." Deshaun comfortable to a point right down where it's like he knew it. You think you you think he didn't know AVP was out of here? He knew that.
0: Yeah, you I think you're right.
4: Cuz think every coach, every coach if you hire them
0: get to get their quarterback. But you know what they did? If it was possible to make the Deshaun trade even more controversial and contentious. They not only gave him an unprecedented guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. they then threw him the keys to the castle. And mm-hmm. it was already, for me, it's all or nothing. It, this is a make or break move. You had to go in. You win a Super Bowl, it was a great move, and Jimmy, you'll be hailed as one of the great sports owners in the history of Cleveland. We will forgive you for 0-16. But if you don't...
4: hey. Have you ever ga- have you ever gambled and you've been losing and you've been losing and you've been losing and you lose losing five, you ever lose ten. Then you throw 15, good money after and, bad and money. And then you say, you know what? I got a thousand on black.
3: <laughs> you lose that. I've shit. seen you guys do that. <laughs> right, <you're> like, yo, <laughs> like, I,
4: hurrah, G- you like one last Haraji, I've seen guys yeah. do it. He he got one last he said, I done already took the shots. I done took the shots for him. So so I now, might as well. Now go think ahead. about it. Yeah. So
0: so what he did was he decided to play to replace A potential two-time coach of the year in a four-year span, a guy who looked like a freaking magician this year offensively, working different offenses with different personnel, five different quarterbacks. He decided, "I'm going to replace him with the guy that got fired halfway through last season." Okay. Yep. Look, if it works, all hail Jimmy Haslam. I just feel like if it it doesn't, your legacy just got a little worse. It's
3: the Haslams. it's, It's Paul D. Podesta, Dennis, Deshaun Watson.
0: But I think that you might be right on that. I think Paul has Jimmy. Paul, should, got, Paul got juice. I think we should really. Paul and Jonah Hill are the same guy. <laughs> Jonah Hill played Paul in Moneyball. And in, in truth, that's the guy that Jimmy became infatuated with. He's, Jonah Hill. He's he, If you've ever
4: watched the the Tudors, it's a good show. I think it's on Cinemax. He's the hand of the king at this point.
3: Man, if this thing, <laughs> if this thing doesn't go the way that we expect it to go, I think from a player standpoint, absolutely, Deshaun oh, Watson is the last person Don't start one and four. He, he's the last man standing. Kevin won't be here. Ken Dorsey won't be here. He will be here. But trust me, Paul D. Podesta'd have been here longer than anybody. Yes, he's survived <laughs> multiple regimes. Anybody. That dude, he has Jimmy's ear. He,
0: he the man with the real juice. He's Jimmy he's, saw Moneyball, and he's like, man,
3: I like that Jonah
0: Hill. Gee, I, I, I got to get that guy.
1: I wonder if that'll come up tonight on the Ultimate Brown Show, which debuts tonight 5 p.m. Make sure you tune in on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show YouTube yeah, channel get set for the out.
0: debut
1: of the Ultimate Brown Show with G. Bush and Leroy Hoard. Over the weekend, guys, it was on Friday actually, but Albert Breer, who's plugged in with Cleveland, he also works in Boston, had some interesting comments on what we've talked about for the last 20 minutes. So I want to just play these comments for you guys, and we can react quickly because we kind of already touched on it a little bit. But this is from Albert Breer's mouth to the national media audience on 98.5 in Boston.
6: One key here, that people will miss if they don't know it, right? So in Cleveland, the reason he was let go in Cleveland was because ownership and Paul D. Podesta, not Kevin Stefanski, ownership and Paul D. Podesta were frustrated with the progress Deshaun Watson had made. I don't think that they really, truly, the people who made that decision really, truly knew his value to that staff. And the people, other people on that staff, not so much Kevin, but people below him were floored when they fired him for two reasons. Number one, how do you fire the offensive coordinator after you just won 11 (laughs) games with four different quarterbacks with your fourth (laughs) and fifth tackles without Nick Chubb. Including at least two or three of those guys that nobody's ever heard of, right? right? I mean, you're talking about Jeff Driscoll, P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Like Those are some of the guys he was working with. So you just went through that, right? He was able to help build an offense that was able to sustain with Joe Flacco coming off the couch, with their fourth and fifth tackles, without Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt coming back in. So there's that, Like that I think is one reason why people there were floored that he got fired. The other one, I think, is is the real key, though. He was the glue of that staff. Kevin, if you know him, he's a great guy. He's not the most outgoing guy. You know, he's just sort of like like his personality is very dry. He's got a good sense of humor, but he's not like this outwardly gregarious guy. Alex was the one that held that staff together. When guys were coming out, when guys were going in, he is a guy who was a unifying force in that building. And after the year, the Patriots just came off of, I think at one point the idea was somebody like Van Pelt as a senior offensive assistant and then a younger play caller underneath him. Um, not underneath him, but like the younger play caller with the senior offensive assistant backstopping him. Um, I I think I might feel slightly better about it if that was the way it was. But I think it, I, AVP is way more qualified than a lot of the other guys. They. They, they interviewed him just because he doesn't maybe have the look or he isn't the age that of a lot of the guys that have succeeded in that Yeah, role. he doesn't have the tight pants and the coiffed hair. Right.
1: <laughs> so that, that, that ends up wrapping the talk Patriots for a little bit. But guys, your reaction to Albert Breer saying what he said on a Boston radio station on Friday?
0: For, uh, diehard fans will know Albert Breer. Yeah, okay? yeah. Albert's reputation is as good as they come. He is knowledgeable. He is plugged in. He works extremely hard. He's got a lot of contacts in and out of locker rooms, uh, hierarchy with general managers and front offices. He's, he is a pro's pro at this stuff. Therefore, I felt not vindicated. I just felt even stronger in my what I thought was going on because he confirmed every one of my notions, every one of them, that this was Paul and Jimmy, Kevin didn't want to do it, and that AVP was silently, much more valuable to this machine than anyone on the outside knew. And so that scares me even more because, again, he was well-liked. We talked about you can't bring Joe Flacco back because if you do and Deshaun struggles, everybody's going to look at, at Joe as like when we putting Joe in the game. Well, the problem that what, with what they've created is if it doesn't work, you said last year you all got six games. Yep. Six games. Go prove it. If it doesn't work early and things go sideways, you lose the locker room. That ratches it up. I wouldn't say six.
4: They got four. It might be four. And, and, I'm, and, and, and in those games, see, I don't have – the reason I don't have a problem with it is I guess how I feel. Much is given, much is required. Hey, listen, if you, wanna, if you want your name on the show – right? When the ratings is good and your name is on the show, you win it. You own it. You own it. But when, when the ratings go down, you can't be turned around and say, I don't got good producers and support staff. At the end of the day, you can't do that. So, Deshaun, listen, he, he's, he has the juice and we're not used to having franchise-level big-name quarterbacks. We don't have that here and we have not had it in Cleveland. So, we don't understand that it looks like this a lot of the ways in other places with big-name quarterbacks. Now, here's the problem. You got to pick your your guy. That's great. You picked him. Now, you got to protect your guy. And how do you protect the people that you put in place, Deshaun? Come in and throw for 330. Come in and throw for 315, three touchdowns. Come in and throw for 295 and 66 on the ground and two more touchdowns. And then guess what? Now everybody's like, oh, brilliant move. But if you come out and struggle, and I like pressure, I don't, people say, don't put the pressure on the court. I love pressure because it's gonna tell me what you're all about. I'm not gonna get to know you about you when everything is is fine and dandy and it's 72 degrees and you got your, your boat shoes on and everything's cool. I need to know what you talk about with that pressure on. That pressure is coming.
3: I just wanna see if you live up to it. Man, I think that often a lot of people feel like we overblow and overhype the dismissal or firing of a position coach or an assistant coach, and fans will write it off to, well, this is the off season and you all don't have anything to talk about. Other people might feel like it's just a position coach. It's no big deal. But go to Buffalo. Ask Simon Dermott, you know, how he feels not having uh Brian Dable, not having Leslie Frazier on that coaching staff, and tell me if it made a difference in how he goes about his business on a day-to-day. AVP was very well respected, very well liked. And I pray that this situation with Ken Dorsey work out because if not, then it's going to look like the Browns made a big mistake. People forget the year that Baker Mayfield was drafted, that final preseason game against the Detroit Lions. Baker got the start. You know who was the play caller? AVP. AVP. And when AVP got the opportunity to call plays in the playoff game that the Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in, when uh, Mike Prefer was the interim head coach while Kevin Stefanski had. How they do in that playoff game. They looked damn well, yeah, right? They, they, hit the, they hit the ground running. They looked fluid the entire game. This is a dude that Aaron Rodgers praised, right? Like when he was his quarterback's coach slash OC or however they did that had that mixed up in Green Bay, he always got rave reviews uh, from Aaron Rodgers about how he helped him develop his play. So I'm looking at this situation to where I seen a dude get fired that I wasn't even sure what the hell he did. I just knew what his job title was. Yeah. And then we replaced him with a dude who got fired, and regardless of what people might say, I don't know the ins and outs of the numbers. I just know the Buffalo Bills had a better record after they fired Ken Dorsey than they did before. Well, him. they were trajectorying.
0: Their tra- trajectory was to miss the playoffs. So. And that move to fire Ken Dorsey was a little like the Eagles move when they flipped defensive coordinators after 11 or 12 games, whatever it was. Now, in the Eagles' case, the whole thing blew up because the defensive coordinator that was there was doing a good job and was popular, and they brought an offensive guy on to, to be the D.C. Mm-hmm. And it was an unmitigated disaster. It was a dumpster fire. And a team that was the one seed worked their way all the way to the last spot in the wild card and ended up losing to Tampa Bay. And- and right. Buffalo made a similar move at the midway point, and the chatter in Buffalo was, we're already thinking about next year. And Dorsey out, new play caller in, and they turned it like, around and, and make the And playoffs. I'm not
3: trying to be negative. Because, I'm not either, man. Like, I want to give, give this a chance, right? If Ken Dorsey has success, that means the Cleveland Browns have success. That's right. But for me, if I'm being honest with myself, I have a hard time buying what they're selling because Kevin Stefanski, internally, I don't believe Kevin Stefanski wanted to fire Alex Van Pelt. Right. I, I don't I don't think he wanted to do that. And, and if he was forced to make these moves on his staff, then I'm questioning how much control he really has. I'm questioning a lot of things about the culture that I thought was refreshed, revitalized or revamped. Yeah. And well, now I don't know answers. Anymore.
0: We thought we had.
3: Yeah, that we I, no longer I don't have. know no more.
4: Well, you know, I, once again, I think I think one of the things is when you talk about power, just because somebody didn't show you they, that they had the power doesn't mean that it was already given away. I look at it like this. You noticed that Andrew Barry wasn't on the stage today? Nope. Generally speaking, when you got a a, a top-notch guy or a coordinator position or somewhere, it, it you would seem that you would have the general manager up there speaking to why the move was made. But guess what? You have not heard him say anything about the move that was made offensively on the, on the coaching staff. So my thing was, when I seen that, automatically knew what what type type of time it was what we was on, and I think and by the way, Kevin Kevin didn't do himself no favors, right? And 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 he didn't do himself no favors because when you put somebody at coordinator, right, and you don't let them do their job, who? How did you think you was gonna keep him insulated, right? You know what I'm saying? If, If if Alex Van Pelt was really the guy. Putting his name and signing off on a, on on, a, on them them play sheets for every week, it would have had him have a better opportunity to go to Jimmy Haslam and say, "What you mean you get rid of me? I did X, Y, and C. X Y, Z. Z." But now, because you called the plays, there was no way you could have insulated him anymore because now it's like he was the obvious scapegoat, right? They're not going to get rid of you, right? Because you're a coach of the year. But the and and some of the reason it, it seems icky, and and I, that word is a loaded word, but. <laughs> definitely a loaded word. Uh, the reason it's icky is because it it's an oxymoron. You're saying that on one hand, you got Schwartz and you got the back comeback player of the year. You got the assistant of the year. Uh, you know, Stefanski is a co- uh, for the coach of the year. You got all these big time, the defensive player of the year. The Browns is all over that. But guess what? You get to the offseason, half the coaching staff been turned over. It it sends two different messages. So, for me, what it hit me with was they really didn't think the season was all that great.
0: Well, uh, or or this, the season was great, but it wasn't great for the reason they needed it to be great for. They needed The the season to be great because Deshaun Watson was great. Yes. And while all these other things were happening that were great, Deshaun Watson was involved in one great half of football. It was the comments that were attributed to Jimmy by a number of reporters after the Arizona of 27-0 win. Nice win, right? We didn't pass enough. So you know I what? didn't get to show off my $230 million Maserati's arm. That's not the way I want to win. I want to win because of him, not with him. And see,
3: that pisses me off. So you know what we shouldn't do this year? What? Next year when we get to talking about Deshaun Watson – we're going to forget the win-loss record, right? Because apparently winning is not enough. We started the show talking about public perception and people worried about how things look. Damn the fact that he was 5-1. and one. Jimmy's saying this man didn't throw for 300 yards, 400 yards, five touchdowns and no interceptions. I can care less that he won four or five games as a starter. It didn't look pretty enough. Listen, and I, that's the wrong message to be sending.
0: I think that when the Browns lost to Houston, they did their owner a huge favor Mm -hmm. because I believe Jimmy had already made up his mind. He didn't make up his mind after the Houston game. Oh, this is a pile of trash. I got to fire AVP. He He had made up his mind whenever, whether it was because Flacco looked so good, maybe Paul said he looks so good because the offense Kevin likes to run is suited to Flacco. It's not suited to Watson. Whatever was the tipping point, that Jimmy decided we can't move forward with this. Imagine if the Browns beat Houston, then beat Baltimore. Now, how are you going to fire AVP? Jimmy remind how me, how are you
3: going to fire anybody? He, he remind me of the owner from the, from the movie major, major league. league. Like, damn it. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> you know,
4: in life, people life, people. It ain't about winning. It's about winning or, or winning my way. You know, you don't like, you know, that, we, we talk about it all the time. Like, you know, we watch uh, Steve Kerr says something. He's like, you know what? Um, you know, a lot of people come out to Golden State and watch Steph Curry play and everything else. And as a coach, you have it in your mind the way you want to play and you all the experience you have. But, how, but when you get here and you see Steph Curry pulling up from half court, in your heart, you got to, it's a tug. It's like, hey, I'm not, I wasn't taught to play the game this way. I don't value the game this way. But when you see a guy that's special that's doing it this way, it's, 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 a, it's a crossroads. It's either you go down this pass or you go down this pass. And it takes a lot from a person's ego to stand out of the way and say, I'm going to do it that way and let him shoot it from and half court.
0: I'm, I'm glad you said that. I, it's what I've always gone back to, the DNA of a championship owner. I have talked to people in all, not just football, so I'm just I'll get that out there. I've, been, I've always been fascinated by leadership, by ownership, by methodology. And I have been a student slash fan of winning organizations. And I had a chance when I was sitting out my non-compete with ESPN to work for the New England Patriots. And although it was just for a couple of weeks, it was their playoff network that was a 24-hour streaming mm-hmm. network. I got a chance to meet Mr. Kraft. I got a chance to spend time around the organization. And I went into that eyes wide open and I said, I want to see what all this hype's about. I learned day two what all the hype was about. He empowers, he hires great, smart, accomplished people. He's not going to baseball and hiring a baseball guy to run his football team, okay? That's not what he's about. He's about finding great quality people. He empowers them. And then you know what he does? He doesn't ever tell them anything. I need this. We're going to do this. He says one thing. I asked all of his leaders. What does he do? He says, our weekly meetings are him asking us questions. And you know what the questions are? What do you need? What do you need that you don't have? That's what a good owner does. That's what they do. The Steelers, they hire qualified, competent men. And do you think that Mr. Rooney is calling Mike Tomlin saying, yo, Offensive coordinators got to go. I I need somebody that's going to... That's why they win. They don't meddle. And what's most disappointing to me is Jimmy Haslam was a minority owner in the Steelers. He saw how Mr. Rooney ran that team. Just hire good people and then stay out of the building. Because the year you weren't allowed in the building, they did pretty well. We
1: got to get to some Super Bowl stuff here. We're going to start our ultimate same game parlay on FanDuel. And for the last time today, FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and they want to wish everybody a happy Super Bowl week. If you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, placing some super bets, and FanDuel has a ton of different ways to help you end the season. With not just one W, but two or three. Not only can you bet on the winner of Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players can score touchdowns. How many points will be scored and so much more. Today, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. If you have winning tickets this week, make sure you send it to us. But we are going to start with the first leg of our same-game ultimate parlay for the Super Bowl, guys. I gave you – I'm going to give you in a sec the FanDuel over-unders on passing yards. If we can come to a consensus on one we like, we'll lock it into our ultimate same-game parlay. If we can't, it becomes a four-leg parlay. We're only going to bet if we're all in consensus on one of the five. And your five options today, guys. Mahomes over 265 and a half so passing yards, under 265 passing yards. Purdy over 245 and a half or under two forty-five and a half, and a half or the field over half a yard. That is any player outside of Purdy or Mahomes throwing for a pass. No, that's in an interesting bet. So crazy. which one of these five in your mind stands out as the biggest lock? And if we all agree, we'll make it the first leg of our same game ultimate parlay. This, this
4: is tough because this, you know, it looking is. at these numbers, you have to be- imagine at wh- whose pace uh, is the game being played at, right? Right. It uh, is, because, is, is, you know, 49ers, they ideally would like to run the football, keep the score low. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have run the ball. However, you know, you saw what they were able to do against the two, two teams, um, Ravens and, and the Bills. So if it's, if it's if it's a Chiefs pace, you could easily see over 265. If I'm looking at it, and I had to say which is most likely, I would probably say Brock Purdy under two forty five, but two forty
0: five is is that's a low. That's number. a very low number, especially if they get down early. You're and right. I got to throw. We're really trying to figure out how the game is going to be played. Who's going to control the tempo? Who will be leading? I think right. that has a lot to do with it. Look, Lunch. if either of these teams fall down two scores, it's past the game. overs are over. Yeah, yeah. They think they got it, but. We have to remember something, that this is not the typical Kansas City Chiefs team. Their defense is incredible. Yeah. I I was thinking about this game last week. These teams all have the following really smart and productive quarterback play. They both have really good running backs, Mm -hmm. and they both have tremendous defenses. So if you if we agree that those three common denominators exist, then it might be smart for us to take an under, and think that the defenses are going to dominate the pay. This may not be a twenty seven twenty four game.
4: If you look at it, uh, go back and look at the Chiefs Ravens game, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes thirty of thirty nine, two forty one, one touchdown. Right. Wow. Under the 265. Uh, it, it was under 265. I think San
0: Francisco's defense is very, very similar. Maybe it, I think it's better. <laughs> it, you know,
4: it's so crazy because you, you look at it from a standpoint, and I think Lamar Jackson, if you look at Lamar Jackson, um, let me see. He had more
0: yards but he way had, fewer connections. He
4: had way more yards. I think he went over. I think his over-under was 215. Uh, what did he go? Uh, yeah, his over-under was 215. He was 20 of 37 for 272 yards. Yeah. So, uh, you look. Could I see for Brock Purdy thrown for over two forty five if the team gets down? Sure. And this was a seventeen ten game. Yeah, I think the Super Bowl is going to
0: resemble that.
3: So it's funny because well, I remember that game and I remember I was betting on that game as well. Mm-hmm. They had the over under for Lamar Jackson rushing yards set at sixty six and a half. A lot of people took the under because, to your point, Kansas City's defense has been more stout. And you can argue, and Darren Smith would be on the uh, show Wednesday. Yeah, but the defense outplay the offense at Patrick Mahomes this entire season, right? I think there's and, they and have so, more to do with it than Patrick. Yeah, and, and so you, you look at it, that particular game against the Ravens, they made sure that Lamar Jackson was not going to beat them with their legs. Yeah. I think Kansas City Chiefs defense is is that damn good. And I don't see I, I'm taking the under. I think we should go under for Purdy. And I will actually go under on a Pat Mahomes 265. His main target is Travis Kelsey the 49ers linebacker group is is one of the best in the entire nfl i don't really see the rookie wide receiver really having that much success on the outside i would probably go under on a 265 and a half mike i'm curious to know what the combined is passing yards and rush yards for pat mahomes um depending on what that number is i would probably go over on that brock
4: purdy just to give you an example they, they beat the lions 34 to 31 he was 20 or 31 for 267 yards so that's against the lions lions don't have as good as defense as it is with against the uh um, is it, the chiefs so however i mean it it, it's, it seems like teams are willing to throw the ball and not stick to the running game as much especially if
0: you need to score touchdowns against the chiefs do we think McCaffrey will have success against the chiefs defense that's the we'll do some rushing props
1: in the next leg. That's yeah, what I know, I know. I
0: be. don't want to go down that road, but I, in general, yes, I do. Kansas City's rush defense has been pretty good. Am I right, Mike? They've been really good. Yeah, I, I mean, they I,
1: held Baltimore last week to a tiny number, but they only ran the ball with so. Eight if running that backs isn't working,
0: they, particularly if they're down, they might be more likely to just scrap it because they've got receivers, they've got the in, in Kittle, they've got the tight end that they can use as a. I don't know, man. Those are really tricky numbers. For See,
3: I think Nick Bolton. Lake,
0: so.
3: I think Nick Bolton is one of the best pass coverage linebackers in the NFL. When you look at Kansas City, you look on the outside. They got Ladarius Snead, who gave up his first touchdown of the season last hey, week. He's as they very, powers. very good. So, like on all three, then you got Chris Jones up front on all three levels of defense, man. The Kansas City Chiefs is trying to be solid. To where on the other side of the ball, man. You want to go Purdy under? 49ers can get God, I'm I'm going purdy. I think we should go Purdy Purdy under. One
1: yeah. for Purdy under. I like the Purdy under. Let's
3: take it. Lock it in. G, are
1: you good with that? We have to be unanimous.
0: I think he said that was his first choice. That was my first so choice. So Purdy
1: under 245 passing, 245 and a half passing yards. We are going to lock that in. Lock it in. As the first leg of the ultimate Cleveland he Sports Show. He has struggled in,
0: in the two games he struggled in this year were the Browns and I believe. The Eagles? Did he struggle against the Eagles? Against the Bengals? The Bengals he struggled against. Yeah. I don't think Bengals. I, I don't think stout pass defense when I. Think but that was Bengals. coming off
1: when he had the whole concussion. That was when they. Yeah, were that's right. Streak, that was so. that was. Let's, let's lock it in. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm
3: going too far with it. It just seems like every time I've seen San Francisco play one of those stout AFC teams this year, they got their ass kicked. Yeah, they so. did. He uh, did.
1: It, all right, we're going from that, G, to the top five Super Bowl storylines that we're not talking enough about. You guys know all about Mahomes chasing history. You know about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. But these are the ultimate five storylines that we are not talking enough about uh, underrated cool. and silly uh, storylines to keep an eye on this week. First off, number five, and we're going to run through this quick because I want to get to the David and Joku clip that I know J&G haven't seen yet, and I cannot wait to get their reaction. But number five, how about Viva Las Vegas? I was shocked to find out this is the first ever Super Bowl being held in Las Vegas. I know they just got an NFL team, and I know gambling had been a whole snafu. But I was just shocked to find out that they hadn't played a Super Bowl here
0: prior to this year. I'll give you an interesting nugget. When I worked at ESPN, the entire time I worked there, you were not allowed to say a team's nickname and a money line. In other words, you couldn't say the Raiders were a seven-point dog. You would have to say Oakland is a seven-point dog. (laughs) Why? Because the league used to, and the NBA changed this. Adam Silver is the guy that recreated the paradigm. The NFL used to do everything they could to distance itself from gambling. They didn't like when Al Michaels would say at the end of the game on a missed field goal, well, if you know, you know, but that was a really big miss. They didn't like that because the NFL was like, hey, don't tie gambling to football. Fans are going to think these games are rigged. And then Adam Silver came out shortly after he became commissioner. And at one of his state of the league news conferences, we were carrying it live, and I was working at the time on ESPN. We threw it to him, and when he came back, we were all sitting there wide-eyed going, did Adam Silver just say it's time to embrace gambling? Yeah. Because he did. And it changed sports forever. He said, instead of stiff-arming gambling, we need to embrace it. Because it will just drive ratings up. And he was absolutely right. And once unthinkable that the NFL would have anything to do with Las Vegas or casinos or gambling, now they're in bed with them. And now they're league partners now are gambling. You, now ESPN has a sports book. All of them do. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's how much the pendulum has swung on that in the last ten years.
1: All right, number four, the 2018 quarterback class was heralded. Five quarterbacks in the first round: Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. But how about Sam Darnold? Round of applause for Sam Darnold for being the first quarterback of the five taken in the first round to make a Super Bowl. Sam Darnold's redemption of those five in the first round.
3: I knew the the Browns got this wrong
4: on draft day. Damn it! (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Hey, listen. That, that's that, that. Sam Darnold draft day. That redemption. That's they're gonna have to play that at twelve o'clock when they play playing the, <laughs> the, the, the the weaker the weaker sauce. The story is they play it early. They be, They they get you out at about eleven o'clock. They play that story, bro. That's not that's
0: not a yeah. That's, that, story. that, that that's that, one of the facts that makes you say stats don't always tell the. Full not story.
3: only was he the second quarterback taken in the twenty eighteen draft, but then he beat out the backup job. With a quarterback that, for a quarterback was San Francisco, traded up to take Trey Lance. That's true. Yep. And he beat him up too, man. So who would have thought that Sam Dar- Darnold was the darling of the 2018 that is draft? Now,
0: now, if Brock Purdy gets hurt in the first quarter, and they're down 7 nothing, and Darnold comes in and they win 35-7, then we've got a story. Yeah.
4: How good of your organization got to be? They're going to be like, only in
3: Cleveland. <laughs> if you, if,
4: right. How good do you got to be to whiff on a first-round quarterback with three first-round picks? And you go to the Super Bowl two out of the last it's crazy. four years. It's no, crazy. It's
1: it makes nuts. no sense. All right, number three. This is so what the ultimate spin zone. So you know Kyle Shanahan. He just finally broke the 0 for thirty when trailing in the fourth quarter. Choke artist. He's done it a couple times now. Well, we don't talk about the fact. And this is the spin zone. Once again, these are not serious. These are just funny storylines. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has led two different Super Bowls by double digits. That's a fact. Let's give him credit where credit due. He led a Super Bowl by 25 points once. 28-3. He was up by 25 <laughs> points in the Super Bowl, and when these two teams played in 2020, they were up 20-10. So he may not be a great head coach,
0: Obviously, but he has to be a
1: pretty darn good head coach to have a double-digit lead in two separate Super Bowls. Well, let's hope he's so losing We don't care how lesson. it ends. No, you're he had right. two
0: double-digit leads, though, at one point. Now, it also, you... <laughs> You have to be pretty damn bad to blow two double digit <laughs> leads in the Super Bowl. Number
1: two.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just want to make sure and I don't that. I don't care who wins Very although uh, San Francisco was my preseason pick to win it, so if they do, I feel great about that. But all that being said, I hope if they're in the position where they're leading late, he doesn't take his foot off the gas again. Because he did that in Atlanta when they blew the twenty eight three lead to the Patriots. It yeah. takes two things a miracle offense. And the other team has to stop playing offense. Yeah, you, you, and you—you did.
4: You gotta like you gotta be getting scores and
1: stops every three and out. You need three and outs, and they got a lot of them.
4: That's crazy. What's the next
0: one, brother?
1: Number two. This one actually is a really interesting nugget. In the last 19 years, the last 19 Super Bowls, the team that has worn white is 16 and three. The San Francisco 49ers are wearing white on Super Bowl 58 Sunday or Super Bowl Sunday. So How did 58.
4: they choose? Who chooses that?
0: You know what? It's a great question. I have no idea. But the Chiefs or the, the home alternating, team. I in alternating years, the AFC or the NFC home, is home, determined. Back yes. and back, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but obviously, nobody's home in that. They're all neutral site games, except for the year Tampa won. Just kind of interesting. 16-3? the Rams and won, and two in L.A. Like,
1: 16-3, it's not a two-game sample site. It's it is. two decades, so. It is
0: kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. Then the number one storyline that people aren't talking about enough, you got, you're going to hear the Travis, Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Christian McCaffrey, Olivia Culpo. every day of the week you're taking Olivia Culpo over Taylor Swift. It's not even close. That's the real I, power couple. I, listen, in this. I agree with you on that. That's I'm the mad. real power couple in this uh, in this contest. Yeah. And that's one that more spade football
0: spade. fans can get their mind around. Miss Universe? Yeah. Come on. Like, Come on. that's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. We need a bigger picture of Christian and is it her name? Liv? Olivia? Olivia. Yeah, we need a bigger picture of them so our audience can appreciate what you're talking about.
1: There's Google. Google. She's Google. not ugly. Yeah, Travis
4: Kelsey, see, he uh, – Listen, I, hey, Travis, you ain't hustling right. You might want to go ahead and uh, get you a little couple Travises right here around here, bro. Stop playing around. Some baby Travis's. Yeah, yeah, baby Travis's. You you figure that out. Like, I don't know what you doing. You, you think you're just going to be good forever? <laughs> like <laughs> – that's the way you gotta go. He told him to go stand for real. Like, what are you doing? Like, is
0: this for a money
4: play? Or? Yeah,
0: bro, this is for a forever
4: play. I need everything. Like them little, you know, them little kids gonna be like. He may get alimony. He might get child support. Well, no, he would.
1: All right, we got to play this last clip here because you haven't seen it. Gee, <laughs> hey. you haven't G's seen this yet. His mind
0: works in mysterious ways. <laughs>
1: okay. This happened over the weekend. It was at the Pro Bowl event. It's not a game anymore. It's an event. But if you didn't oh. love David and Joku yet, man, I, I, I promise I'm you curious. he might be your favorite Brown it's after you see this clip. Business. It's about a minute Check long. Take a listen. How do you think he did in the
3: first half? I thought
4: he did amazing. Uh he made great <laughs> adjustments. He obviously showed why Cleveland Cleveland and Randall. Whoa, whoa, that's a crazy shot. That's a crazy shot.
1: David, you have an opportunity for a rebuttal <laughs> I mean, here. I mean, obviously first that first all, half didn't go the way you wanted. What? No, it's what cool? It's cool. You okay. Know, you gotta understand
4: one thing, you know. And, excuse my voice, it's got. It with the great. monsters come with big bosses. Mm-hmm. One thing, you know, you got to understand is he said Cleveland to Cleveland, but we're, we're, both, we're both here. I mean, we're both, mm-hmm. like, fighting um, game. Mm-hmm. I think that's a so You, you got to make it make sense.
3: Any person who's... Rand acting Meek Mill
6: lyrics is like
4: <laughs> I can't take them <laughs> serious. I mean, I mean, but am you, I lying though? No,
3: nah, you, you try to be lyrical, but
4: don't even to lyrical. I'm
3: saying we're both
6: Lyrically, I'm thousand supposed thousand to represent. Legend. He
3: has a good point, bro. We all here. <laughs> so yep. what do you say, Cleveland? Well, Cleveland? Uh, okay,
1: fair enough. Well, well, let's take it back uh, to this game for a second. Tyreek, you are back in a similar situation that you were <laughs> last year. How? He went on to say, Dallas is Dallas as well. So, no,
0: that's that's like one of the. Best all-time comebacks because you're it's self-deprecating. Yeah, I'm here. So are you. Facts. I thought,
3: I thought he was gonna take the headset off and go. I oh, thought was it was. Got, it felt like it got a little hairy. <laughs> yeah, for a Yeah, second. like like Nijoku stood on business and I respect it, man. He represented Cleveland the proper way. I love that. Like, listen, I respect any athlete that comes to the city, embrace the city, and let them know, man. We ain't taking no stuff from none of y'all. Y'all sit up there and talk this whole Cleveland, this Cleveland stuff. But the last time I checked, last time he checked. If you don't make it to the Super Bowl, you, your ass is in the Pro Bowl too. So while you sitting up here for be runner up, the defensive player of the year to Miles Garrett, talking about Cleveland is Cleveland, Dallas is Dallas, y'all choke every year when they count too. Last time I well, checked. Well, who was
0: the last guy to say that? Didn't someone from Pittsburgh say? Chase. Oh, Chase. Yeah, that's right. Chase Claypool said Cleveland is Cleveland.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah like uh, a that,
0: bunch of that, gray faces. No, and then Jamar says. Not Claypool. Do wait, 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 wait. Hold on. It's been said twice. Yeah, a couple times before. Oh, twice. Yeah, before yep. in the year that we beat Pittsburgh in the last yep, game the of the last season, yeah, and the playoff game mm-hmm. earlier that year, someone for Pittsburgh. It was a, it was a Pittsburgh Steeler said, and I think it, I think it was was it Claypool. It might have been Chase Claypool. I, I can't remember, but yeah. someone said Cleveland is Cleveland, and they're just a bunch of gray faces.
3: Browns is the Browns or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was a long and, and
0: so Cincinnati said it. And they learned. Pittsburgh said it, and they learned.
3: Right, man, I look,
0: hope we play Dallas in the Super
3: Bowl next year so they can learn. Always, oh. uh,
4: you know, like they say, you know, like when we first started the show, they was like, man, y'all got a little internet show, a little it's, YouTube show, a little YouTube show. Then I was like, well, listen, if it's just a YouTube show, um, then you know, Stephen A. Smith, man, we went, you know, we get Legler, we get all kind of dudes. So guess what? If I'm on the show and then they came on the show, then vicariously for the transitive property, I'm just as
3: famous as nope. them. We play Dallas. <laughs> we, we play Dallas in Cleveland next year. We do? We, oh. we play Dallas in Cleveland next year. Oh, so that, I, I, that quote I, Do be- I got that right?
5: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: No, D- Dallas comes here next year. Yeah, that's what he
3: we, said. Yeah, we yeah, played yeah, them yeah, yeah, here yeah. in Cleveland. Okay, good. So we can year. show them. We can and, show them. And, you know, he'd be trucking defenders. Okay, I don't know if we Mika know that or not, but, you know, the joke would be out of trucking defenders. Oh, they so. will line up. Oh, Yeah. I'll be like, he man. We'll have to pick yeah. him up and pass Pasco. I'm yeah. like, man.
4: You don't see me, I, man. Listen, my hair look better than yours. I, I got better skin than yours. I got in a fire and I still look like a mouse. Hey, you speaking can't of, see their hair. He, Saturday, he, he was without a shirt all weekend. Uh, he, my mess. build is better than yours. My physique.
3: He, he, he wouldn't jumped in a lake or some pond or something. And soon as I seen him do it, I said, oh, Shanti done lost her damn mind, man. He just jumping I, we, out.
4: We did, right? Yeah, me and G was watching it together. Why? Don't get him wet? Man, no. Don't get
3: your locks wet like that, man. Okay, no, really? Yeah. No. But see, he can. He Why? Can, they could come out? It's just, it's a lot. It can get mildew. Like, like it's just a lot. You got to detox. It. It's, a, it's, You'll it's, never a it's a lot. It's a lot. No, out.
0: I won't. I'll never understand. I did have a friend that had locks, and I did know that you weren't allowed to touch them.
3: Like oh, that was a thing. No, people ask, to man, don't touch my hair. Don't, to,
0: don't touch the money. hair.
4: I used, to, I used to have, I had I baby locks and my locks, I, I just got caught doing too much. I was playing in my hair all the time. And then, she was just like, listen, dude, that's the reason your back don't lock up. That's the reason you got a shag in the back, a fade on the sides and these little twisties. You playing your hair too much. I'm like, man. Yeah, I, shout
3: out to Njoku though, man, for, 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 for putting on for the city. You got man, the same locksmith, up. right? Yeah, we got the same we got the same locktician. I, like lock-tician. <laughs> I know you do. We got, we got the same loctician. <laughs>
4: like, so, uh, is a locksmith a man that does? Br- uh, uh, drag- locksmith uh, is uh, a lock- woman. And uh, a locksmith, a locksmith uh, is a man. I
3: thought a locksmith was somebody that kind of opened up a safe when you need that safe open. <laughs> and I and I always, and I always right. question myself like, if you go to jail.
4: Who is who is who is locking these dudes up? I don't
3: know y'all. Going who's too doing far? his locks?
4: Like how are you who's doing? How do your locks look? I do your locks look crazy and you're in jail. Who's doing those
3: locks? I don't know. I'm well, not it's in- like
0: the women in their fifties that get arrested and then they come to their arraignment two months later and they got gray roots and then dark hair from yeah, here. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, eventually they're, it just grows they're, out. They're,
4: they'll be like, man, I didn't know you was dying your hair like that. Yeah, you out of
0: here. Yeah, jail jail un- unlocks a lot of secrets. <laughs> Joe, Joe is a reset
3: button. (laughs)
0: All right. uh, Was that the last one? Yeah, that was it. Okay. um, Well, we're going to save this for overtime, right? The Baker Mayfield stuff.
1: Yeah, we can touch on it real quick. Then we'll get more into it. Okay.
0: Well, we'll tease overtime. If you didn't watch and you're in the majority, if you didn't, um, and if you did, why did you? But the Pro Bowl weekend, they do a lot of skills tests and then they play a flag football game. And they, it's an aggregate score of all the points. Uh, Baker Mayfield actually won the quarterback accuracy competition. So he won that, giving the NFC three points. And then he went out and played pretty good football in the fourth quarter of the flag football game and led the NFC to a victory and was named the MVP of the game. Is that Am I right? He did get the MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was... And then I, I did see one thing over the weekend. I saw Travis Kelsey made some comments about Baker Mayfield where he just fused love all over Baker. Mm-hmm. I don't have the quote in front of me, but something like, you know, he's a great guy. His teammates love him. They play hard for him. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. Um he's of you know, he's just what you see is what you get, but he's out there balling and I think he might have said something like, I enjoyed playing, watching him play this year. Um, if, if he comes back to Tampa Bay next year and he has the same offensive play caller, it will be his... He
1: can't. No, he can't because his play caller is the head coach. Oh, you're
0: right. He's gone. That's right. <laughs> so next year will be Baker Mayfield's seventh yeah. and it will be his ninth different play caller. That's crazy. That is bananas. I will say this
4: though. I'll be asking people. he going to get, the, I, you know, we, we laughed at him because they said he they was going to offer him the 30, but then he played himself out of the 30. I've been saying for a whole year, he about to get that 30. I think he about to get 30 McNuggets. I'm telling you, bro. I think he's number one on most available free agents. 30 he's gonna, he's year. gonna
1: get the bag. It's supply and demand. Yeah. And he's I mean, gonna he be he in high the right position. No
0: matter what.
4: And he said he'd get to choose his offensive coordinator. <laughs>
0: yeah. For real. Yeah. I want that Deshaun deal. Yeah, he for
4: real, he was like, Oh no, we gotta see who called the plays first. Like, I'm like you every time, you know what it is, man. That's like getting leather seat options when you get in the car. I need to see what the seats talk about before <laughs> Right. Before you make any,
1: anything.
3: Yeah. yeah. So hey, he about to get that off. Hey I mean nuggets we got a few we got a few minutes, man. Yeah, what's up? Uh so just wanna just say this while I'm out here, man. Of course it's Black History Month. Um, and I'm gonna be doing this all month long on the Ultimate Two One Six Six Show, but Bob Gibson, you a baseball guy. Yeah. Uh, 1967, uh, Bob Gibson became the first ever black player to win the MVP award. I thought this was pretty cool. He pitched in games 1, Is 4, and 7.
0: He was the first black ever to win the MVP?
3: Yeah. World Series MVP. Oh, World Series MVP. World Series okay. MVP, yeah. Okay, So, he pitched in the uh, 1967 World Series, uh, pitched games 1, 4, and 7. I thought this was cool when I read this earlier. He gave up three runs and three stars, 14 hits, struck out 26, including a complete game shutout in game four. So, Bro,
0: you know you're legendary when you do one of the following. You break a barrier, which he did, or they change the rules because of, because of your skill set. They had to, When Wilt Chamberlain came along, they're like, oh, no, no, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Gold tending We Go. got to make a lot of new rules. The lane's got to be bigger. And, and with Bob Gibson – Bob Gibson's 1968 season, I Did believe. Did they raise the mound or lower They lowered? had to lower the mound because the higher the mound, the more fall and thrust you get, and it it becomes a more pitcher-centric game if it's high. He so dominated, I believe it was 68.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Denny McClain won 30 games in 68, so maybe it was 67. His ERA and his stats looked like video game stuff. And it was so good. They lowered the mound to the height that it's at currently because of Bob Gibson. Didn't didn't he throw a no hitter in the World Series? I don't think he threw a no hitter in the World Series. No. Don Larson threw a perfect game in the World Series. Which
4: the the fact that you the fact that you threw a complete game in the World Series is stupid. Well, he just used to always throw a complete game. I don't and I always ask they did back then. I'm like, how is it that technology is better and people throw less than they did let back then
3: yeah but i've been dropping these facts on my i uh, like that that's on, a good on one. my twitter page i'm gonna be dropping them good. on the ultimate 216 show i'll be a mic if they'll be dropping some more so good good happy good. black history month all oh, man look forward to that absolutely
1: see you over time peace